This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you, Pastor Rob. So good to be back with you. And I'm looking forward, especially to tonight, to the graduation. Um, this evening, I'll get into a little bit more detail. This was my first school of ministry right here. Um, Pastor Bob was so gracious, and he said, we want to launch a school, and I was still writing the material I'd write this week and post him the notes the next week, and that's how we started the school, and here we are 20-odd years later, uh, again graduating a new class, so I'm looking really forward to tonight, and I'll be sharing some of the statistics of what we're accomplishing through the launching of these schools of ministry, what, what's taking place in the world. Of course, with COVID, we were slowed down somewhat, especially in the more primitive countries where they don't have, have exposure to technology and they don't have the ability to have people log in. Um, we lost a lot of momentum in India where we were opening a school every single week um, it uh, was just a devastating blow to the progress, but in spite of that, we have moved forward, we have opened schools, we have translated into new languages, and we expanded in spite of what was happening through the pandemic, and hopefully soon we'll pick up speed in nations that have really struggled, such as Brazil and uh, uh, India, Sri Lanka, and many of the African countries. Just this week, we launched two new schools already with about 100 students in Kenya. So the things are starting to pick up again, and um, we press towards the million students. And of course, we'll be graduating some of those world changers, those world shakers tonight. Uh, what a joy it's going to be to be with the students tomorrow night. Uh, I'm looking forward to wrapping up what I'll lay as a foundation this morning and just take it into a, a, a powerful close. And I'm sure that both those who are in this building and those watching online, that your life will be challenged and stirred today by the Word of God, that there'll be an enlargement of your capacity in God, that your faith will be stronger, your God image, your God confidence will be awakened and that you will leave here knowing who you are, whose you are, what you've been given through this great gospel, this uh, new birth, the recipients of this life that God has given to you. It's not just an escape from hell to make heaven, but while you're on earth, you're a carrier of God's glory, God's power, God's word, and you will leave here today, and I believe by Monday night, stronger than what you came in this morning. Would you stand with me? Let us pray and we'll get straight into the Word of God. Lord God, thank you for those right now, even in their homes, standing, getting off their couches, their lazy boys, their beds, standing, joining us right there. Come on, stand at home. Open your hearts. God, I pray a spirit invasion in their lives. I pray, O oh God, a word invasion into their lives that would cause anything that has hindered their lives, the circumstances of life, the attacks of hell, 
that, oh God, today there will be a breakthrough, both for those in this building and those at home right now. God, I pray a, a, a revelation, a, an awakening inside of their beings, an anointing. Let your word, oh God, penetrate the depth of their soul, spirit, body, their family, their home. Holy Spirit, come. And please take these lips of clay and cause the oracles of God to come forth with clarity and accuracy that the hearts of men and women would burn at the revelation of Jesus embedded in every word. I pray, O oh God, for a Holy Spirit invasion right now to take place as you fill and renew and strengthen your people. O oh God, I pray that the word be mingled with faith that right now as it is mingled with faith, that it would expand and explode within them in a holy revelation as they see themselves in you and you in them. So thank you, God, for this time as we honor your word and we honor the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, our teacher, divine illuminator, come and have your way in this place, I pray. In Jesus' name and the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. I was um, so stirred uh, yesterday as Pastor Rob and Shauna were sharing with me the work that God has been doing these last few months in this house and uh, in your lives. And uh, I love the mission statement that you repeat every single meeting, and I, I, I challenged the leaders last night to just quickly quote it, and I saw some of, them, some of them break out into a cold sweat in case I asked them personally, because they could just mumble it with the rest of the leaders, but um, I love it. I love the mission statement, and uh, this morning as it came up on the screen, I quickly took a photograph, and I will take it and meditate in it some time, uh, but I caught this part to equip, because that's what I am. I'm an equipper of the saints for the work of ministry, not just the ministry, the work of ministry. Work is not a dirty word in the kingdom of God. Just because we're saved by grace, not of works, doesn't mean that works are unimportant. So I love it to equip the saints, separated ones, for the work of ministry, or as you put it there, Pastor Rob, to equip followers of Jesus, because every follower of Jesus is called to be a part of the team, to be a part of the ongoing work that Jesus began. Until he returns, we are saved into the work of ministry, not just saved from hell to make heaven. I love that. To equip the saints or the followers of Jesus, and here it is, to fulfill their God-given purpose in life, to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. This morning and Monday night, I will be sharing on a subject that I've entitled, Awakening the Giant Slayer in You. Awakening the Giant Slayer in You. Uh, I want to see people be awakened in that warrior spirit that we see in so many men and women throughout scriptures, not pacifists living under the weight of their circumstances and submitting to the attacks of hell that come to rob their faith, their vision, their life, their divine purpose. 
You will not fulfill the purpose of God as you quote every service, as you gather and you make that declaration of statement of intent. You will not fulfill your God-given purpose in life if you are living subject to the circumstances of the world, the trials, the challenges, the, the attacks of hell against your life. You will just become the, the subject of those things. And it will beat you down and hold you down. I want to see you, and when I say I want to see you by the Spirit of God, I want to see you raised so that you may fulfill your life's purpose. Jesus was able to say at the end of his life, it is finished. He fulfilled the will of God. He said, I have come to do your work. I've come to do your will and to finish your work. He couldn't do that if he was beaten up, a loser, subject to the attacks of hell. But he is the ultimate giant slayer, the ultimate warrior. He spoiled principalities and powers, hallelujah, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing. He wasn't a loser when he died. He was a conqueror. He was a winner. And through this new birth, this new identity that we have, and they overcame him, who? The accuser of the brethren, the attacks of hell. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. This salvation that we have been made partakers of, through the new birth, the new creation species. We are not a defeated people. We are not the overcome. We are overcomers. We are not the overcome, but we are overcomers. We are not the beaten, whipped, submitted to circumstances, trials and attacks, because we arise and we shine. For the light of God's glory is upon our lives. Whenever I think of the cross and the empty tomb, I realize that the blood that was shed for us was not so anemic that it secured for us a weak approach and a position in defeat. But that blood secured for us an authority, a destiny, a power, a strength, a courage, a boldness that we could dare to live above these things because we are raised in Christ Jesus. We were crucified with Him. We were buried with Him. We were raised with Him. And we rule and reign in this life as sons and daughters of the Most High God. We weren't saved to be anemic Weak-kneed, gutless, namby-pamby, to be the defeated, the overcome, but we were saved to be the more than conquerors, the overcomers, the victorious. I'm glad that just uh, resonated so well with your spirits right there. We were raised to be giant slayers, but what I've noticed, and I'm sure as I say this, even back home, you'll identify with us and right here. But many saints have been afflicted. Circumstances have harassed you. 
The attack of hell has come against your health, your wealth, your family, your business. And many people have been beaten down by these things. They've lost hope. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. We have many saints right now, not just out there, but right in here and at home, who have lost hope. They have lost and have diminished faith. They have diminished vision. You can't fulfill your purpose. Your life's calling without faith, without hope, without love, without passion. And the attacks of hell have come to render you that you would live as a mere human. You say, well, I am a human. No, you're not. In Adam, you're a mere human. But in Christ, you rule and reign in this life. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror. In Christ, you are not a a victim of circumstances and of the attacks of hell. You are a giant slayer. The greater one lives in you. Hallelujah. You're not just living as a mere human. You're a son or daughter of the Most High God. You have direct access 24-7 to the presence and power and word of God living in you. Hallelujah. The attacks have been ferocious against the church. The enemy wants to mute the sound of the gospel. The enemy wants to rob us of a sense of faith and anointing that will just be heaven bound. But his purpose is far greater than just avoiding hell and making heaven. His purpose is that we would put our feet down on planet earth and become possessors of the land, possessors of the promises that he has given to us. And I know that the enemy wants to rob you of that sense of momentum, that you be paralyzed, just living subject to these things. And if you do wage a warfare, it's just to hold on to what you've got. Instead of going beyond to what you've been given, to taking the land, to advancing the cause of the kingdom, to live for something bigger than yourself. There's a portion of scripture that I read so often and quote so often, and I want to read it as a foundation in Ephesians chapter 1. In verses 15 to 23, Paul, speaking concerning the believers, and he says, After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He has his prayers for them, these believers these new creations. And what he prayed back then for them is what I want to pray for you right now. That that which is about to be imparted into your spirit would be received in this way. Yazzie's prayer. Oh, just open your hearts, please, to this prayer, to this prayer of Paul, but it's not a prayer of Paul, it's a prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit through Paul for them, but not just for them, for you right now. 
receive this prayer for your life. Yazi's prayer. That the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I'm praying for revelation, wisdom, in the knowledge of who he is. But not just who he is. Please get this. Who you are. Whose you are. What you've been given. This is his prayer, that they would have a revelation. Many people know this verse. They've prayed it themselves, just like I am right now for you. But they know it as a theology, not as a reality. And so when the the attacks come, they don't view what manner of man they are in the spirit. They view their lives as mere humans. When you get a revelation... And the spirit of your mind is renewed in the reality of your position and your identity in Christ. And what that blood has secured for you. You're unshakable. You're not moved. But you stand secure. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. There's a calling for your life. There's a destiny for your life. You've got to see it by the Spirit. You've got to lay hold of it by the Spirit. What is the hope of His calling? Here it is. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power. (laughs) Power, power, power. Not some Minute force, a little stirring, but the power of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, dwelling in you, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places." Far above all principality and power and dominion and every name that is to be named. Now listen, when he was raised, you were raised. Yes, one of the problems is many people are living subject to the gravitational force of the world's circumstances. They, they have their feet so firmly secured on planet earth that they are subject to this environment Because they don't know that they've been raised in Christ. When I pray, when I minister, I'm not praying from an earthly persuasion. From a position as a mere citizen of planet earth or a citizen of the United States of America. But I I speak and I operate and I pray beyond the gravitational force. And that is in him, at the right hand of the Father, crucified with him, buried with him, raised with him. When he was raised, I was raised in him. And this is my position. I'm seated in heavenly places, not just above, far above all principality and power. Hallelujah. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. And instead of being trodden on by the devil, you ought to be treading on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the devil. He put all things under his feet 
and gave him to be head over all things to the church, that's us, which is his body, that's us, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And unless we are raised in him and we rule in him and we walk in him, we'll be living under these harassments and we'll mute the gospel, will rob you of your faith, of your vision, of your passion. And instead of being a world changer, the world will change you. You'll be shaped and molded by this world instead of transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, remember, we relate to God as sons and daughters. Our salvation is to bring us not only to a place of friendship with God and union with God, but it brings us into a position of authority in God. Because Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. We are working under the authority of God as sons. We are the continuum of what Jesus began both to do and to teach on earth. We are the continuum of that work. And so we relate to God as sons and daughters, our approach is not with inferiority, guilt, and shame, but we approach in righteousness, standing before him, justified, declared before the courts of heaven, innocent, blameless, not just forgiven. We're not just forgiven, we're a new creation. It's part of the problem in the American doctrine is that we so promote the new birth as an experience but not as a reality. In Adam you were born. In Christ you were born again. You were born again into sonship with God. And yet so many people approach God as sinners. Our approach is not as a sinner. Our approach is as a saint, a son and a daughter in authority, in righteousness, in boldness, in confidence we draw near as co-heirs together with Christ. We relate to one another as the family of God. Community is essential because we are saved into a relationship with God and with one another. And you will never live the victorious, overcoming life if you have broken fellowship with God and broken fellowship with the saints. Your victory is in Him and your victory is in us. Two are better than one. Two are stronger than one. We are stronger in Him. We are stronger together in community. And one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand. We are strengthened in our unity with God and we are strengthened in our unity with one another. And so we relate to God as sons and daughters. We relate to one another as brothers and sisters, as families. We are co-sharers in this glory of God. And we minister to the world as bond servants, as love slaves, uh, not with a position of arrogance, but of humility and uh, a heart to serve and to improve their quality of life through the gospel and through our faith. But we approach our enemies, these spiritual forces when the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's right, our enemy is not flesh and blood. There is an enemy. And Paul, in the same book that we just read, Ephesians 1, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and power. So there is a spiritual battle against your life. 
There are forces, spiritual forces that are very powerful that seek to rob, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to render you faithless, to rob you of passion, vision, momentum, to sterilize you so that there won't be the reproducing spirit. Holders on to what they've got, not possessors of what they've been given. When I approach my spiritual foes, these forces that without the blood of Jesus, without the armor of God, we'd have no, no defense at all. My defense is in Him. My authority is in Him. My power is in Him. My ability is in Him. I want you to understand that without Him, we can do nothing. Without Him, these things would override us absolutely. But in Him, my approach is as a warrior. My approach is as a giant slayer. I am not approaching as the overcome. I am approaching as the overcomer. I'm not approaching the enemy as a victim. I'm approaching the enemy victorious. I have an arrogance of faith. My arrogance of faith is I know whose I am. I don't come in my own name, my own authority, my own position. It's not based on the volume of my voice. It's based on the volume of God's voice that declares over me, you're a son of the Most High God. Called, chosen, selected, blood-bought, you're the redeemed. And I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the leader of the armies of heaven. I approach my enemies as a warrior as a giant slayer. We need to have this transformation as Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1. We have to see ourselves in the light of this identity because if you don't have a security in your identity, you'll be fickle. You'll be tossed to and fro. You'll be living by the circumstances one day in faith, one day without faith, one day with the spirit of violence, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force, one day with the violence of faith, the next day with insecurity, hesitancy, fear causing you to back away, to lie down, to take it, to become the product of your circumstances. We need to have this change. So many Christians are living as survivalists, just surviving, hand to mouth, day to day, one day slipping out of this body into the, the, the glories of eternity. But in, in this life, they're not making a difference. They're not advancing. They're not moving forward. They've been saved for years. Their lives are born again, no doubt about that. They attend church, they pray the prayers, they sing the songs, they read the, the word, but their world is unchanged. The world doesn't feel the impact of their faith, their prayers, their anointing, their vision, their passion. They are more influenced by the world than they are influencing their world. Now, I want you to understand that there are many dimensions to our walk with God. In the spirit. And the, the realm that I'm touching on, the warrior spirit, the giant slayer, is a realm. Just like in God, God is a God of peace. God is a God of love. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of compassion. 
But our God is also a man of war. It's one dimension. We have many dimensions or layers to this walk that we have. And what I'm sharing today and on Monday is one dimension. Now, if you just live in this dimension that I'm speaking about, you're going to become weird. We don't want to be weird. We want to be balanced. And so I want you to see what I'm sharing with great conviction this morning. I trust you can hear the conviction and the authority of God in the sound of my words. But this is not the only way that we live. There are other dimensions to our walk of faith. But there are times when we need to arise in this part of God's character, nature, and ability. In Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 13, it says, The Lord will go forth like a warrior. (laughs) He's a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He's a warrior. He's a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. It's just not fair. Time marched on. Where? Exodus 15 and verse 3. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. What about let God arise, his enemies be scattered, splattered, overcome, defeated. Jesus, the ultimate warrior, spoiled principalities and powers, disarmed them. What I'm speaking about or have spoken about is not some ego trip. It's not some adrenaline rush. I'm not trying to get you to become this arrogant person because truly our authority is in humility. Truly our authority is in submitting to God and to one another in the fear of the Lord. This is not an arrogant approach that I'm raising. It's not some adrenaline rush. It's not some rah-rah, hyped-up kind of a position. I'm talking about a revelation in God. God is a warrior. God is a man of war. When David approached Goliath, he said, I come to you. And he comes without fear. Saul and his army operate in a backslidden heart, not knowing their identity, their covenant promises, hiding in their tents from the threats and the insults and the abuse of the enemy. And so many Christians are living like Saul and the armies of Israel hiding, trying to uh, avoid confrontation with an enemy that seems so much stronger. But when you know whose you are and what you've been given and you know your identity and you're right with God and you're right with God's people, then you can run towards your giant. I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come in the name of the leader of the armies of heaven. God is a man of war. He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. But he's a God of war. And you're a a man or a woman that's called into ministry of reconciliation, peace, love, joy. Kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But there's also a war. 
It's called the good fight of faith. It's called we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There are real enemies, a very real and present danger against the church in the United States right now. The enemy has orchestrated strategies to silence us, to render us just to be another world religion. We are not a world religion. We're a people saved into a relationship with God, raised to advance the kingdom. When Gideon was in the wine press and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, the Lord said, I am with you, you mighty man of war, or you warrior, or you valiant warrior. And I've felt as I was worshiping this morning, and I kind of felt it in my spirit, if the Lord appeared to you today, regardless of where you are, hiding out, defeated, beaten up, the Lord wouldn't greet you. I am looking at you with disappointment, with shame. I'm looking at you as whipped, beaten, gutless, namby-pamby. He wouldn't greet you like that. He would come to you and say, I am with you, you mighty man or woman of God, you mighty giant slayer, you overcomer. He wouldn't say, I'm ashamed of you, you victim of your circumstances and the attacks of hell. He would say, I've come to awaken you in your destiny and your calling, that you would take your rightful place again. The Lord is with you. I said the Lord is with you. He is not against you. The Lord is with you. He is not against you. If God be against you, you don't stand a chance. But if God before you, who can be against you? What can man do? What can the enemy do? No weapon formed against you can prosper. You're in him and he is in you. This warrior spirit is the militant force of faith working in your life. It's the conquering attitude. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might that causes you to possess the land, to move mountains, and to destroy the giants of this generation. It's the sound of faith that utters from a heart that believes and knows who he is and who you are. It's the spirit of intercession that presses through barriers and obstacles and lays a hold of the promises of God. It's the soul-winning spirit. It's book of Acts living. There's two types of people in closing, survivalists and warriors, giant slayers. Don't live as a mere survivalist, but live as a giant slayer. Stand with me and let us pray. And Pastor Rob, you can come and get ready to close as I pray for you. Monday night is going to be awesome. I'm I'm going to ask Pastor Rob to give me more time in the Word than I have this morning. I want at least an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes to do what would normally take a week of teaching to put into you this giant slayer anointing. How many of you want the giant slayer anointing? How many of you are tired of being oppressed and and suffering under the blows of hell? How many of you have suffered the blows of hell? 
seen lack, sickness, challenges against your family? How many of you want to turn things around? I do. Monday, we're gathering at 6.30. Probably by 7 o'clock, I could be up here, and I'm going to preach for a good hour and 15 minutes. You'll be out here by, by 8.30, 8 o'clock. I won't hold you late. I won't drag it out. I'm just going to, and you can see all I'm doing is really quoting Scripture, aren't I? I'm not like making stuff up. I'm just giving you the revelation of the Word of God. There's very little Leon in what I've got to say. It's all the Word of God. I'm going to give you the Word that is going to awaken an aggression of faith, that militant world-changing spirit. And I want you to make it out on Monday if at all possible. Lord God, please stir the hearts of the people in this place and at home. Uh, uh, Awaken through the sound of my voice by the oracles of God, the voice of the Spirit, that violent force of faith, the power and authority that is found in Jesus, our identity in Him, in Him we live and move and have our being, Him in us and us in Him, the greater one living in us. We're not looking at the size of our enemy, we're looking at the size of our God in us. You are great, O God, in us. Please awaken us in this holy revelation, I pray. Move upon your people. O God, if hearts are not right, if hearts are backslidden, lukewarm, average, mediocre, unsaved, not born again, please, O God, place the spirit of conviction upon them right now that they draw near to you and find that you would draw near to them that they would seek you even as you have sought them and that they would call upon your name and make you the Lord and Savior of their lives and they would live for you from this moment forward. If you're not right with God, please, right where you are now, just say, God, please, I come to you. I receive you. You are the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me. I believe that you rose again. I believe that I am in you and you are in me. And I take my rightful place in sonship. Thank you that your blood speaks louder than my shame, my guilt, my failure, my sin. And declares me to be righteous, justified. I receive it by faith right now. And from this moment, I will follow you. I will serve you. I'll be yours and you will be mine. Oh God, touch your people, refresh them in the spirit. Awaken, oh God, their anointing, their vision, their faith, their passion again to new heights. I pray in Jesus' name. And the saints of God said, praise God. Give God a shout of praise as possible. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord of my sin.